Hello and welcome to another edition of Up It All Ours. The QPR podcast has actually seen, well, three games, no defeats. This is bigger than Jesus, I tell you. Um, I'm joined this week, well, I'm not, I'm joined on the podcast this week because I'm not joined by anyone, but anyway, is Chris Charles, BT Sport, all round good egg. Hello. Sorry about your phone. Ah, uh, yeah, well, I don't, we haven't got much time, so, but yeah, 800 quid later, lost phone, blah, blah. Not happy. Well, because you go to the Rangers, this is what happened. Anyway, we've got Flo Lloyd Hughes, BBC Hello. London, all round good egg on sport. Hello. Uh, you all right? Yeah. We're having a bit of a standoff with each other because I, I think Flo's getting far too big for this podcast. It's get, you're appearing everywhere. It's brilliant. Finney's annoyed because the producer and I, Sully, are on a tight schedule tonight and we want to keep things sharp, but Finney can't deal with that, so... My wee head is going to explode because, quite frankly, you know, 45 minutes for a podcast, guys, you know. Anyway, listen, uh, we're joined by James, and how do you pronounce your surname properly? Valeric. Valeric, who's a QPR fan and listens to the podcast. Yes, and listener. Oh, nice, and thanks for coming in. I know it's like a horrible, horrible, horrible evening, but I'm sure it beats coming in last season, that's for sure. Yep, that's definitely true. And we have, uh, as you know what, me old mucker, me old pal. Me old... Anyway, he couldn't come, so we've got Kevin McSweeney in the stage. <laughs> bang, bang, he's here all week. Very good. Very How are evening. you, big man? Oh, you all right? Thanks, good evening. Kevin's a lovely man, QPR fan, and I, I don't really know, how do I introduce you as what you do for a living? I didn't, actually, James, I didn't introduce what you did for a living. This is something David Fraser does every week. Everyone has to know what you do for a living. I'm a van driver. What do you do? I work in public relations for my sins. Oh, not another one. Uh. Oh, dear God. All right, you've heard of David Fraser then? Yeah, yeah whatever. Um, Kevin, what is it you do? Uh, I'm a fiscal juggler on television dramas, production accountant. Oh, cool. Okay. Yes. Like so, it. Remember, Top Boy is coming this autumn. All right. <laughs> Always plug it what you can on the podcast. Flo is going to do the announcements because, quite frankly, she's going to do it in a 1996 Euro qualifying voice. Go on. Episode sponsored by Chris Monaghan. He's in town for the Bristol City and Swansea games and he wanted initially to thank the pod for providing him with a weekly dose of depressing reality. But then he changed his mind and wanted to use it to publicise the Kind Prince Foundation Stadium. So thanks a lot to Chris and thanks also to Dominic Lawrence who purchased the beers. Was mm. that, It wasn't 66 enough for you, but we don't have time for that. Okay. Right, start off with Saturday. I'm going to start with Flo because you had a new role on Saturday. You're working with the old wireless people. What did you think? Um, Saturday was interesting. Um, I thought both, both teams were pretty evenly matched. I was impressed by Carl and Grant up front for Huddersfield. Um, apart from that, no one else really in, in their team oppressed me that much. Mm. Um, I think uh, we started well and then kind of fell out of the game a little bit. Both teams made a lot of mistakes and that's how chances were created. It was getting a little bit sloppy. Um, Manning, who I thought was immense last night and we'll, we'll be chatting to him later, I think he was maybe too advanced and we were putting ourselves into 
kind of vulnerable positions, which is, is not his fault. But obviously, if you are going to play so high up the pitch, when you lose the ball, um, you know, other teams can counter quite well. Last night, we cut out any, you know, not all, but most of Bristol City's counter-attacking opportunities, whereas Huddersfield looked like they really could have caught us out a bit more. I do think so. But I was happy with the point. Um, I didn't think we were going to get it. Um, so it was great to see Manning get the assist and Grant Hall, who's obviously had such a, a terrible way back from, from injury. So that was nice. So I thought, you know, a good point, especially given the status of the whole day. It was nice to come. Did of, you get to interview so, anyone afterwards? Um, Mark Warburton, yeah. And Oh, OK, I've heard of him. Um, did, did did he give anything away before you went? I know that you can't. You know, did uh, he seem happy. What was yeah, he was. Like? I asked him. You know, did you feel like there was a lot of pressure given the day and how much it'd been in the media as well? Because mm. there were a lot of media there afterwards. Like you know, the Guardian, g- generic mainstream media that wouldn't be there to report about QPR if that makes sense. More you, about you threw your CV yeah. around. Well, when I walked past to get to Mark Warburton the tunnel, I heard. Um, Mark Prince talking about Boris Johnson and the government. So I thought, okay, it's not much football chat going on here. It's a lot of, you know, they want to chat about knife crime and and violence Mm. and youth issues. And that's great to have that platform. So I did ask Mark Walton, was there pressure? Because you also had Mark and his family here. And he said, no, you know, obviously he came to the training ground to chat to everyone and they were really inspired by the message. And... Warburton kind of saw that point coming and he thinks that the team, you know, are, are really going to achieve and he thinks there's massive strength and depth, which we can really see on the pitch. Excellent. James, welcome to the podcast. You might as well go. So Saturday, I thought first half we played well-created chances apart from the one per game, Josh, Josh Scowan mistouch, which creates a chance for the opposition. He just uh, likes to keep it interesting. Yeah, not for the fans when you're watching it from above. I think he also does it almost sometimes because he wants to put in an amazing challenge and kind of prove that, like, I am the best defensive midfielder there is. But, yeah, he keeps you keeps you on your toes, I think, for sure. It did work out last night, though, in the lead-up to the second goal. Yeah, that's true. Well, and what else inspired you on Saturday? Compare, right, let's compare it to the opening game last season. What do you think the major differences were? I just thought having a proper a proper striker who could hold the ball up bring the likes of easy and brighter say Samuel in which last season if we're being totally honest we didn't have we thought we might have it with him Ed but it just shows when you've got a good striker what you can do he was good at running backwards yeah Ed. not so much forwards a bit like myself when I'm trying to get to the bar Kevin I just thought we were a lot more positive we were on the front foot. It showed in the Watford home game in the friendly, and it seems to have carried on through. And it's that, that the attitude now is more positive. If people lose the ball, you don't think they're getting screamed at mm. for it. Whereas Steve McLaren was cautious, wasn't he? Everything reeked of cautiousness. That's one way of putting it. There's a good energy and atmosphere. I definitely, you definitely feel that. And I think on Saturday, even though Brighton Samuel and Eze weren't at their best... It was still like positive. Do you know what I mean? Like, Brighton and Samuel wasn't getting those opportunities to really run at Huddersfield that much, but no one panicked, and that is something I feel like is so different. He was cutting in a lot more though on Saturday, wasn't he? Yeah. So that was more, there was a more confident approach to it know, that way. My my personal take, because I got to interview myself, I'm going to keep Chris waiting because I like yeah. doing that. Um, is I think, and I've always said this. What happens on the field inspires the crowd. And it was really interesting. We, we went one down. 
that everyone just came back with QPR songs. Everyone just seemed to carry on regardless. It wasn't like last season where it was like, oh, Jesus, here we go again. Complete meltdown and everything else. It's, it's, there's a belief in the side that I have not seen for a long, long time. Probably the Warnock side. Um, funny enough, not even so much with the, the um, Redknapp side because that, we never had that with them, funny enough, which is surprising. But And I'm pleased about that. But also we're giving the kids a go. I mean, sure, hasn't done anything wrong. He's waited a long time for his chance and people are believing in him. And everyone's given Ezzy the right respect that he deserves. And we're just, we're going with it. And that's all you can do. And I don't know about you, Chris, but I'll tell you what I did like about Hogan up front. He doesn't have to put himself about, doesn't he? He's, he's brilliant that way. He, he, he'll chase anything. And we haven't had that for a long time, have we? No, absolutely. Um, and just echoing your point um, about, the, about, the, the <laughs> about the crowd at the end. I, I've, it's been a long time since I've seen that many people stay like after mm. the final whistle mm. to applaud everyone. And that's for a one-all draw. I mean, we've not even won the game. Um, and yeah, it was 84 minutes. Um, and like you say, I mean, I think going 1 0 down, um, start the second half last season, we'd have probably folded. Uh, the crowd would have been on the backs. There'd been a lot of scapegoating. There'd have been all the rest of it. But that wasn't in evidence. I mean, four points from two games, I'd have taken that. Could it could have easily been six, to be honest. I mean, on it's, Saturday. It's, it's kind of sad that we're here in a podcast that could only last for 45 minutes because of these two that we can't talk more. <laughs> Carry on. But, um, no, I mean, yeah, it's a fair point about Scoan. I think he, he struggled a bit the the first two games. And, I mean, he, he held his hand up as well, said he didn't have the best games on Saturday. I don't think you need to tweet about it, though. I mean, it wasn't that bad. I mean, well, no, you, I don't, you don't think... want public apologies. You just don't need but to. I think what's what nice about Warburton's man management, I mean, two things, and I'll be coming on to the Bristol game in a minute. That's very good. One that, one that he um, that he puts going back into the firing line again last night, and I thought Scoan played well last night. Mm, Gave actually. him a chance to redeem any mistakes he thought he might, might have made. And two was also giving the BFG the captaincy, just to show he's not going to be isolated, training with the kids. He's still got a part to play. And I think that, that I think he's done well handling the players so far. The only thing, my only criticism, but we all know what it's going to be, is the free kicks. I can't even work them out. I mean, mm. I can... Well, having Barbe on them on Saturday did not work. Yeah, that's Strange true. the wall every time. But also, this new law about the two walls. I mean, Lord above, I've seen enough of them in Belfast. I don't need to see them in football matches as well. Yeah. I mean, what the hell is that about? That had a bit of an effect last night, maybe. Do you think so? Yeah. I mean, it was an excellent free kick, but it might have had an effect. But Barbe feels a bit like Roberto Carlos. Do you think could he, could he reach such heights, James? What do you reckon? Have we got the new guy within? Is is he within the, the demon going to rise from the fire? I'd I'd give the free kicks to either Easy or Manning yeah. because they've got the be, the best ability for the free kicks. Ah, uh, that's true. But then I mean, it's, it's only two free kicks, and yes, they're both into the wall. But he was Brentford's main set piece taker. Last season, maybe this season. We have higher that. standards so, than Middlesex. He scored six goals last year. I don't know how many of those were from set pieces, but I can't. I, I can't. See, if, if this was a professional podcast, one of us three, who are the regulars, would have looked that stat up. Uh, yeah, I, I, I knew the six bit, but I just didn't know the I think stuff. it's difficult as well when we do lose someone like Luke Freeman, who was such a safe bet with set That's pieces, true. especially corners. But I think Manning has done so well with the corners that he's taken and the long-range free kick that led but to Hulk Hall's You don't want to overload him, though, do you? You don't want to overload the lad too yeah. much. I mean, uh, yeah, they, it seems like he's now kind of a confirmed starting left-back when, you know, six months ago, you never would have thought that. And he's going to be taking most corners and potentially all free kicks. So, yeah, that's a lot of pressure for someone that young well, who's playing in a new position. Well, Ezzy takes quite a few of the corners as well, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, he normally yeah. takes... 
the right hand. Oh, I see what you're saying. Sorry. Last night, Manning had to do both, so he was kind of across the pitch the whole time. And to be fair, they weren't bad. They I were mean, good last night. I'll be honest with you. I mean, set players have got a lot better. What I, what I, before we go and speak to, um, well, we will speak to Ryan in a few minutes. What I liked, and this is this is nice for both sides actually. I never give Bristol City credit because I remember the 2004 season, and they yeah, were very yeah, bitter. We well, yeah, they were very nice, were they? No. Just because he pipped him. Anyway, um, good town, good turnout from their fans though. Last brilliant, night. but both teams wanted it. You know, in this cup, whether it's the Milk Cup, the League Cup, the Carabao Cup, the Woolworths Cup, or whatever. It's so degraded now within the big teams and even championship teams don't take it seriously. I loved seeing two teams flipping go for it last night. Yeah. And going, I mean, our kid loved it. I mean, she took a boy. This, this is a bit of a whinge, but it's not really. She took a boyfriend who supports Spurs. He's all right. He's a nice fella. I actually quite like him. It's a bit weird. Anyway, um, and all he could say is that Spurs have got phone charges and stuff. And I'm thinking, if that's why you're going to football, the uh-huh. game is lost. You yeah. know, and I'm like, Jesus, really? Because you haven't got phone charges and he didn't see. Just like, Anyway, so Lily didn't like that. She says, "Oh, the game's she, gone, mate. The game's it's gone, gone. isn't it?" Yeah. But she loved it. But and she really got into it. And there's such a difference. And I just hope that people who have watched a few seasons where they haven't been able to get into it and the kids haven't liked it, bring them back. When it's like this, win, lose, or draw, it's so much better. Well, that's the same. I took my daughter last night, and uh, thanks to Flo in the end, who gave us because I hadn't bought tickets, and Flo, Flo, I was obviously too busy doing important things. Um, and watched it from a different vantage point, but yeah, she loved. She couldn't watch any of the penalties though. She was just, oh, really, yeah, yeah, no, it absolutely. Make you feel a bit sick, but it? <laughs> fifteen goals for a tenner, you can't, or, or for nothing in my case, you can't argue with that, can you? Really? Well, no, you... and also, I mean, I was thinking this last night. The League Cup format, I'm not a massive fan of it, and I'm not saying that you know we should consider ourselves too high to come in at the first round, but it is really difficult to get yourself so excited so early in the season when so many teams have to play a weekday cup game against lower opposition. I think the FA Cup has much more of a history and has much more excitement around it, and coming in at the third round kind of builds this status. And if you're a smaller club who's got to the third round, you're excited, the bigger teams are excited, it just creates better atmosphere and I think everyone's dying in the first round bar the Premier League teams it's just it seems a bit I don't know deflated but it's nice last night they both gave it a go but also you put that to Blackpool last year I went to Blackpool yeah, last well, year yeah. and the only good thing about Blackpool was going home um not the the running, just the game it was awful. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I remember we did a we did that Skype podcast after that, and you were like distraught, and they booed the for the like most of the match. That's me being happy, Flo. <laughs> Can't what was you what was up. nice last night though? I think was that Warburton. I've been talking about this for ages. As, as the little time he's been here, he's adopted a style of play at the yeah. club, and we made eight changes last night, but everyone slotted in knew exactly what they were doing. Last season, we'd have put Smith up front, Big Smith up front, and we'd have gone route one. We'd have, mm, we'd have, mm. but, but we didn't resort to that. I thought the keeper, you know, a few times there was a few hurried clearances and didn't, for me, look quite as assured as Lumley. But then he saved, I think, two penalty kicks. One mm. went over the bar, so... So... Oh. Sorry. But I think, in, in... I think with that... Sorry. It's like watching Barcelona. You look at the A, B and C teams, they play exactly the same way. So if we can have players who are not first team, first 11, playing exactly the same way, it builds confidence. So if someone get in, gets injured, you know that person can come in, do a job, and it won't wreck the system as a whole. I just kind of want to say as well, what, what, do, what do you guys think about Saturday? Because I did ask Warburton who's going to play on Saturday, given you've made so many changes and everyone's, a lot of the players have been pressed. And he sort of tried to keep it casual but said oh if that was my team Saturday I'd be really happy 
I asked him, you know, specifically about Liam Kelly, and he just said, "Oh, if that's my team, I'd be happy." So, what, how do you guys feel about Saturday? Who do you think should stay? Who do you think should? Oof. I think Liam Kelly. The only thing I thought last night was that when it, there was a couple he saved, but he didn't really parry anyone or something like that. I think Clive mentioned it on his report as well, and that's sort of like well, he's not very tall, is he? No. That was the only thing that. You know exactly. Seven foot yourself. But no, I'm not. He's, I'm, he's not a championship goalkeeper. Yeah, he could but, be. He's but if you're, mid- if you're on the on the ideas of height, you know, chairs only one meter fifty eight. The only thing is, <laughs> I what I thought last night when they did the free kick, I did think he gives a lot of the goal away, a bit like Tony Roberts did. But then Seaman letting a lot of free kicks as well, going back and back and back. He's going to need to turn the bit in. We're going to have to see the best of him. Free kicks and and coming out of his area. I don't know if you, he did that one punch, which was good. But it's going to be hard for him because they they put two centre halves on him and they're a big side and that was a real baptism of fire. So do you, do you stick with the team against Huddersfield, which was the same team that played against Stoke, or do you mix it up and have some of the team that played against Huddersfield and some of the guys from I, last I, night? I think what you say to them guys is like, lads, go out here. But you saw what happened Tuesday. These guys are going to come in and they're going to take your place. So it's up to you. You can give it 90% or you can lose your place. You use it in your favour. Well, Ilias Chair has certainly done enough to, to possibly yeah, that's start true. ahead of Scone. But it depends what you want to do against Bristol City. I mean, if you're going... Maybe Scone should stay in the side against Bristol City, see how he gets on, bring Chair on, and then maybe for the home game, start with Chair. The only reason why they might keep Scone on is to, to, to track their number nine, because he is one piercy player. And the number 42, I don't know if he's a regular for them, but he looked pretty decent. Well, he's from Monaco, he's 18. So the that, Was Monaco. that Masengo? Yes. Yeah, he looked good. decent. But the one I would think would start on Saturday is Todd Kane. Todd Kane came off after, what, about an hour last mm. night? So I think that might hint at him starting on Saturday. You said to me in the pub beforehand, if we were in the pub, which you weren't, um, and we were nearly late, is that you felt you made a difference because of you know, having legs, basically. Yeah, I think for a long time we've been crying out for... In the modern game, your pace at fullback is vital. I mean, a lot of people refer back to when Carl Walker was with us. But pace is, vi- is, is vital. And last night, obviously, we played three at the back, three centre-backs and the two playing as wing-backs, nearly. Mm. So then pace, pace is vital. And you saw on Saturday when he came on, mm. because Huddersfield were playing really narrow, were playing very narrow and compact... It meant there was a lot of space down the flanks, so it was, it was an ideal situation for him to come into. And with him being taken off after 60 minutes, I reckon he starts on Saturday. And, and you know what? We, you can always forgive him for wearing that awful shirt, even if it was just reserve matches, can you? you know? He's come to a proper West on the club, so that's nice. I, I think there's a good lot of hope. I think our transfer buying and the loans, although I was quite critical at Young Smith going out there, I can kind of see the idea of what we're doing now. And hopefully... Come February, we're not sitting here with our heads on the table going, oh, Christ, you know. Anything that gets us anywhere near ninth place, I will be skipping down the road quite happily because we need happiness. But I just, from what I said on the first, before we'd really seen the team in action, I just hope that if, if and when Warburton does move on further down the line, hopefully he moves on because we're so good that he needs to go to a bigger club. But that's what you want. But I the, the, the club, instead of like bringing in Gareth Ainsworth, who's got a completely different style, so bring in the manager to suit the style of play rather than the other way around. I, I remember years ago when Venables left to go to Barcelona, he was going, why would he do that? I like that. Then. <laughs> I, like, I can't believe he's leaving us because he was going to buy the club and everything. It was all these dreams are going to be had. It's like, no, when he went to Barcelona, people were going, I don't get it. You could buy QPR at Barcelona. But the best story was after a few weeks, Jim Gregory went back out there and said to said to Gregory uh, to, to Venables, he goes, "Come on, you've had your laugh now, Terry. Will you come back?" 
And he, he just showed him around the stage. Yeah. Uh, right, we're going to speak to a young man who's come in at left back and kept Lee Wallace out the side, and deservedly so. And that's Ryan Manning. We're going to ring him now. Ryan, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's so good to um, see you back at Rangers. Um, how's things going with the um, being back in the first team and that? Are you enjoying it, or did you think this would never happen? Um, no, I'm, I'm enjoying. It. I'm really enjoying playing again, and you know, I suppose getting a taste of kind of regular football at QPR. I think it was, you know, a few times there over the last couple of years, especially that I thought I was, you know, going to get a run on the side, and I think just one thing or another meant that it didn't happen but I'm just happy now that kind of things are coming together and so I found a new position that it's kind of all working well with at the moment but um, yeah I'm just enjoying you know playing and, and hopefully I can just keep playing for you know then the next few months at least Hey Ryan it's Chris how you doing mate? Yeah not bad Good um, there's been a lot of in and outs well a, a very lot of in and outs uh, this, this this summer um, a few of us here renamed the, the team Queen's Park Strangers Um How's every how's everyone settling in? How are you getting on together? And how um, I think we're go on. Go on, no, carry on. Um no, I think we're um we're all we're all kind of settled in well. I think um probably what was key was a lot of the business was done, you know, by the manager really early. So, you know, everyone kinda of got to meet, you know, around before we kinda of went to Austria and then the week away in Austria was kind of a good bonding time and I think then obviously a few of the boys that did come in you know, I've been here last year with Angel, Jeff and Naki. So I think overall we've kind of gelled quite well and we all kind of get on and, you know, it's a good changing room. There's no egos, none of that. You know, we all get on well. We all have good banter together. So I think in terms of all the new boys that have kind of come in and everyone that's left, I think it hasn't really been that, you know, unsettling. It's, you know, it's all kind of gelled together quite quickly, which is which is obviously good. Yeah, it's pretty, I mean, it's very early days, I know, but everyone seems to be embracing the gaffer's style of play as well. Yeah, I mean, straight away when he came in, he was adamant, like, he was, you know, he was sure with the way he wanted to play and and he wanted to keep the ball and move the ball. And, you know, I think we all kind of, you know, everyone wants to play that type of football because it's enjoyable, you know, it's the best type of football to play. So I think, you know, we all bought into it quite early. And then I think, obviously, with the signings he's made, you know, they've all kind of, that he's brought in, all can play football, all can suit this, this system that he wants to play. And I think so far it's, it's it's worked and it's we're all enjoying it. We're enjoying training every day and we're enjoying playing the games. And I think so far from the you know three or four games we've played, you know I think the fans are enjoying it. This new style, which is you know probably a lot more entertaining than it's been in, in the past. You know, hey uh, Ryan, it's Flo. Um, I wanted to ask, what would you say is the is the biggest difference between being under the gaffer now and and the previous coach you had at QPR? Um. Um, probably, I think obviously the start, the style of football is probably the main thing, and you know I think a lot of the boys that he's brought in, you know, are young and hungry, and you know want to want to make a difference, and you know we're all kind of it's quite a young squad, you know. I, I, I suppose we have a few older boys who have a lot of experience, but overall it, it is quite a young squad. So I think everyone's hungry, everyone's kind of out to prove a point in a way. So I think there's just a lot more hunger in the squad to kind of play every week and. And I think the competition is a lot higher and the gaffer is quite, um, you know, adamant that if you're not performing in training, you won't play. So I think everyone is kind of sharper this year at it and, and, you know, really wants to play. So I think that's probably the biggest thing is just that there's so much competition that everyone is is really, you know, trying their 
you know, to be in the team every week and everyone training at a, you know, a higher standard than it's ever been. So I think that's probably key to it is, you know, everyone, the competition is high in the squad for every position. Hi, Ryan, James here. Um, with the fact you've got Brighton in front of you with all his pace, are you looking forward to having him scare the winger and fullback back so you get more space to whip some of those balls you did in on Saturday? Yeah, well, that's, that's, that's the plan anyways. You know, Bright is unbelievable pace and can dribble the ball. So, you know, it's it's good in a way that I can just sometimes just hand him the ball to halfway line and I know he'll take it forward and, and probably beat the fullback and the winger. So, I think we've kind of got a good little relationship, me and Bright and Ed sometimes come over on my side as well. So I think it's just kind of everyone building kind of little partnerships all over the pitch. And I think, you know, different players complement each other. And like that, Bright kind of can offer me more space as a, as a fullback to get forward and with balls in. So I think everyone's kind of complementing each other and we're all kind of figuring out the ins and outs of each other's games and how to, you know, complement each other the best. Hi, Ryan, it's Kevin here. Uh, I was just going to ask, in the two home games we've had, we've played, sl- we've played slightly differently with uh, three centre-backs last night compared to more of a flat-back four on Saturday. How did you find that difference adjustment? Um, it's, not, it's, it's not too much difference for the full-backs in a way because, you know, we, quite, we play quite high anyway. So, I suppose, in the 3-5-2, three, the three, you know, you probably have more of a... And um, you don't have as much defensive responsibility, so you can afford to go that little bit higher and that little bit, you know, take that little bit more risk. Whereas in the four, you kind of have to be a bit more, you have to kind of think like a fullback first, think like a defender before you, you know, you think about the attacking side of it. So, I think we're we we try we you know we we were able to play both systems quite well, and I think it's a, you know, it's probably a good test for the gaffer to see how we got on playing the the three five two, which I think worked well. So, I think. Um, you know, the team is capable of playing a few different systems, which I think will be key throughout the season. You know, you'll come up against different teams that play different systems and we'll have to be able to adapt our system to, you know, adapt to theirs. So I think it was a good test last night to, you know, play a different system than what we've been playing the kind of whole of pre-season. And, and overall, I think it, it, it was, it kind of worked, although we probably need to work on it a little bit more defensively. But I think, you know, overall for the first time playing it, you know, as a group together, I think it went quite well. Do you know what, Ryan? I was gonna, I was gonna ask you a football question, but you know what? Let's let's go back to the homeland. You're from the same part of the world as me. Yeah. Well, kind of give and take a few borders and things, and all this Brexit thing. And anyway, never mind. What's the biggest difference? Do you think in adjusting to life in London to Ireland? What do you miss about back home? Um, I think I said this in an interview about four years ago, just after I moved over. <laughs> Probably what I miss most about back home is going for a chicken fillet roll in Centra. <laughs> it was actually on this podcast. I asked you the same question. <laughs> Never mind. Really? Yeah. Do you have do you have yeah. do you have champ in the south as well? You know, like scallions and and potato and butter. Yeah. Uh, probably. Yeah. In terms of that, I don't cook. I can't cook. So all that kind of home, home food goes out the window. I have to wait for whenever Mum comes over to visit me. Mum and Dad come over to I get some nice potatoes. <laughs> A bit of home cooked food. Do you know I sit in London recently, and I'm not joking. You, I sit a potato delivery van in London. I've seen the Chris. Oh yeah. Seriously, yeah. I'm, I'm not joking. You, it was fantastic. But uh, you've, you've you've adjusted well, though, have you? Do, do you do you miss back home, like, or do you think that London's a place where you you, you think your future lies? Um, I mean, I've been here five years now, so London does feel like home now in a way. You know, I'm used to it now. 
you know, I haven't been living at home uh, in a good while. So I, I don't mind it. For now, I enjoy living in London, you know. It's, it's a good city. There's loads of things to do. You're never going to get bored. But as to the future, I don't know. Who knows? You know, it kind of depends where football takes you, really, doesn't it? But well, I, I, I don't I, know. I'm happy in London. Well, I can tell you, Rab, where football's going to take you. You're a future QPR captain and a future international for the Republic. And I think that's where I, you're going. I hope so. That's <laughs> like, the only thing is, if you're playing against the North, please go gentle on us. We don't win many games. And <laughs> Big Lowe said that how good was the Euros when both qualified, Lowe? That was pretty damn amazing. I tell you, I'll settle for that again. What, the last Euros that we were yep. at? Yeah, definitely. I mean, the, the both teams, both countries, or country teams, did very well. And I think that Italy game in particular for Ireland was, was unbelievable. You know, the oh, whole country went mad for that. And even even the next game, you know, the buzz around the place was unreal. So if we get out like that at the next Euros, I'll take that. But don't, don't, uh, one thing before I, I, I pass you on, Rand, there's, there's two things you've got to do this year. There's no pressure. <laughs> We've got to tank Fulham. I'm sick and tired of getting battered by Fulham. So I'd I really know. appreciate a nice penalty, a nice free kick, and a 6 0 thrashing. Um, yeah. <laughs> put the middle sex lot back in their box. And if we get Chelsea in the cup at any point, just win that one. And I'm all, I'm all good with what happens after that. Oh, right, yeah, cheers, yeah. Nice, nice, easy task, so. <laughs> mate, have you seen the way Lampard picks his team, mate? You'll waltz through that back line, no bother, I tell you. <laughs> I hope so, I hope so. Um, hey, right, it's Chris again. Um, there, there's a few eyebrows raised when Paul Smith uh, was sent out on loan again this summer. As, as someone who went out on loan yourself, do you think it benefited you being at Rotherham? Um, yeah, definitely. I mean... It's kind of a difficult one, you know, that going on loan when you're, you know, there, thereabouts. But for me personally, last year, you know, I was playing and the, you know, starting eleven up until the last game before the season started. Even at that, I did come on at half time in the first game. So, you know, I was, I was close to being in that starting eleven. And then for me, I just had to make the decision that I needed to, you know, be nearly guaranteed to play a good few games in the first half of the season. But otherwise, it just the way it did plan out in the end was I didn't really play that much until uh, Eustie took over. So I think for me, it was a good decision. Got out, got game time, you know, playing regular football in the championship. And you know, I think that's probably the best way to get used to the pace of the championship and how good, you know, a standard it is, is to just play week in, week out. So I think, you know, going alone is a good thing. It means, you know, for me, having to go to a new change room, meet new people, settle in a new area, you know. So there's loads of good things, apart from the football side itself, to going on loan that, you know, probably helps you go up a bit. So I heard I that, definitely everyone. I heard that when their, when their manager, uh, when we played uh, QPR, he asked you to give us the lowdown on the QPR team and you said no. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, the team was a lot different that, than the team that I left when I... Or, but the, the team that was starting the first day of the season that year and then the team that, you know, ended up going on that run was a lot different to the team I knew. So I didn't really have that much to give them, <laughs> even if I wanted to. <laughs> and, and uh, yeah, just finally from me, um, one good thing about your loan at Rotherham, it's cemented you as our penalty taker, hopefully. Yeah, I mean, it was it was funny enough how it came about that I ended up on the Rotherham penalties. It was just, we were taking on the day before in training and the kind of striking it just couldn't score and I was kept putting them in the corners so and then funnily enough we got a penalty the next day and he he told me to take it and then kind of it's gone from there so I mean if we keep getting penalties I'm going to keep putting my name forward and, and hopefully be able to keep scoring mm, Brilliant New Clive Wilson 
Ryan, before you go, well, producer Neil's wondering if you were excited about Supermax coming to London. Apparently, it's on its way. No way, is it? Yeah, <laughs> he's nodding. Oh, that's it. Garlic, garlic cheese chip and a chicken wrap. I ordered though. <laughs> what is it? I think it's like fast food chain from Galway. Apparently, Sully said. So it's coming to London. And have you got down yeah. to the, the um, GAA yet in um, in West London at all, around for a game? It's uh, is it, it's in Ryslip. The London GAA club's in Ryslip, which isn't too far from me. So I haven't got around to them yet, but I've I've passed it a few times. I think there's their new stadium, but you get I get it on the TV, so I get my fix of GAA on on Sky. <laughs> All right, well, that's good. Well, listen, Ran, we're going to wrap up, but I tell you what, you've been a breath of fresh air on the podcast tonight. I can't thank you enough for giving up your time, ah, especially no after problem. that tackle on Saturday. I'm, I'm, I'm still pleased you're walking, to be fair. <laughs> Jesus, that was rough. Um, I know, it was rough. I hope you had a word with him in the tunnel, I tell you. Um, and you've been brilliant, and long may your, your stint in the first team continue, fella, because it's, it's so nice that players from the... I'm, I'm biased, obviously, from the Irish League and the League of Ireland <laughs> can come over here and do well and prove that you can't just get an airplane, go across the sea and find some decent young players and give them a chance because yeah. that league doesn't get the credit it deserves. Exactly, yeah, it doesn't. You're a good man, Ran. Best of luck oh, on Saturday, big much. man. Thank you. No worries. Cheers, and beat Fulham. Beat Fulham. Cheers. Thanks, Thank you. See you later. Bye, bye, bye. Chris, now, I'm, I'm going to exclude the rest of this conversation because Chris was here the last time we interviewed Ran. How much mature has he become in that short space of time? Yeah. Nope, good. He might things come off. Yes, no, sure, no, he has. Yeah, he's like he's like the, He's such a nice fella. Yeah, I like him. Um, I, I, one thing we didn't say. Uh, okay, well, maybe we can say this stuff. It's just obviously well, they keep pointing the watches at me, and it's not. Yeah, I don't point any watches. Shut up. Making that left back, <laughs> making that left back position his home, his own one. He's like it's not even his natural position. Well, he kind yeah. of maybe it, it is his natural position. Yeah. Well, he kind of covered it, didn't he? he, he I think basically, if you said to him, stick a pair of gloves on and go on nets, he'd have done it. He was so desperate to play. I'll take ten of that over anyone. You know, you, you can have your mercenaries, but I'll have anyone who just wants to go out there and do well. And he's not bitter. He, you know that what he said about going alone, brilliant. You know, good attitude, good head on his shoulders, and um, he's doing he's doing us and his family proud. I think. Yeah. Now, Chris, we're going to go. We're going to discuss last night's game quickly. Then we're going to go into this, and then we're going to go into that, and then we're going to end the podcast because we've got to be out here in ten minutes or so. Otherwise, I'm going to be like Joan of Arc. Yeah. So carry on quickly. Last night, come on. Yeah, well, I, I think we've, we've semi-covered it, but um, no, I was very impressed. And uh, just to reiterate, just making all those changes and still looking like a decent team. And uh, yeah, it, it was refreshing just to see it, both teams playing as if it was a game that mattered rather than a, a, a hindrance. And I think that rubbed off on the crowd. I mean, obviously the crowd could have been... I mean, it's going to be like, you know, Sex Pistols at the Free Trade Hall in a few years' time. Everyone's going to claim, <laughs> claim they were there because it was such a good game. But I think what it's done, really, is... It's bringing it will bring some of the fans who've been away for so long, and, and, and rightfully so, you can understand that. I've we've sort of been through it through thin and thinner, but a lot of people have left. But I think if we carry on playing like this, we carry on pleasing, putting in pleasing performances, it's going to get people back to the ground. I think it was five and a bit thousand last night, but we made some noise as well. They, they it was a good move switching the Xbox, uh, Xbox, X block essentially <laughs> into the A block, so there was a lot of noise generated down there. We held our nerve in a penalty shootout. You know, I was, I was hoping it'd go more Swindon than Vauxhall Motors, but yeah, it was. Uh, all in all, it was a great night in, in West London. It's one of the great nights, and I, I just can't wait for Saturday now. There is also many other game consoles available. <laughs> Flo. 
Yeah, I was really relieved to see Naki Well score his penalty because oh. I was so worried. Oh no, I just I was glad he didn't go up first, and I'm glad he didn't take the penalty that Manning ended yeah. up scoring. But when he was walking up, I thought, oh god! But I actually thought their goalie Bentley didn't have a great game, and he was getting so close to that. So a lot of the the QPR's penalties were a savable height, and Bentley just wasn't getting there. So I was just so relieved to see Wells's penalty go in. And I thought, you know, when Bristol City scored early on, I thought, oh. Could this be a bit of a drubbing, given our recent results against mm. them? But I was so pleased to see the the team just never give up. Every single time they went two one up, yeah, fine. They ended up going three two down, but they didn't. You know, they kept pushing for a goal. Naki Wells's strike that came off the bar didn't go over the line. Like there were just was decent as they well. kept going, and he looked good. He doesn't look quite fit yet. He looks like he might put on a bit of weight, but he's getting there. And his talent, you know, you can just tell his ability is so much higher than some of the other players in this league. So well, he probably. Has- had a proper pre-season no he's at the Gold Cup so he's still got some catching up to do James I I think the team we put out last night could probably give 90% of the championship a good game and potentially beat most most of the teams when was the last time you said that about a cup team at QPR years and years it's true Lil you're right there was nothing that you it was almost I wouldn't say faultless because football's never faultless and you wouldn't be human if you made mistakes but it was a damn good performance. And we also we do have to remember that Bristol City made eight changes too. So they had a very changed side. So they had a few young players on and Lee Johnson in his post-match said he was really disappointed with his young players. So they he doesn't think they had a great night. Really? So we can't get too overexcited. I don't care. Um, I don't think that's a bit harsh yeah. as youngsters. I think he is, he's a quite a harsh manager though. I, so. One lad man. in particular, I can't remember his name, the 18-year-old with the crazy hair. Yeah. You mentioned Some... him earlier on. If you'd like to join the podcast at any point. <laughs> nah, sorry. <laughs> I do have my head in the clouds but, sometimes. I don't, I don't, Chris, I'm only joking. <laughs> All the time. Kevin. It was, uh, it's good to see Naki Wells have back at, enjoying his football because obviously after that Birmingham game last year, Last season, he started to struggle. I was disappointed with uh, Lee Johnson going on about our penalty. I mean, Ryan Manning might have had a penalty. Naki Wells didn't have as much as a penalty. But we can all remember back to last season at Bristol City and what happened there. Karma. He um, he didn't seem to complain about that too much from what I remember. But that's... Listen, it's football. I, I, yeah, yeah. I think I'm. He did say he thought it was a shocking decision yeah. in the in the post-match. Yeah, so did I. I think but it was, was generous. Season. It was a generous one. The one last but night. Why? Oh, totally. But I think it's one of those. You know that classic way they say you even things up. And I think the ref, yeah. the let a couple go before that that could have been given. And often what goes around comes around. You fair know, enough, he does I even think. out. But do you know what? It's nice to be in the box to get the bloody penalties. <laughs> I think it's about the way he, where he was, where the ref was for the penalty. Because if you look at it. It looks like he's coming from behind and just taking him down. Do you know what? I, I'm, I'm old-fashioned, right? I don't know how you guys feel about this, but I'm quite old-fashioned. Yeah, you are, well, yeah. I know, because I'm, I'm old. When it happens for us, I think brilliant. When it happens against us, it's an outrage. It's a disaster. <laughs> I'm from the UN. I want NATO involved. And that's the way football should be. And Lee yeah. Johnson, I'm sure, has seen enough penalties given to his side that it should never have been, like that one last year. And also, they dived around the pitch at their ground last season. So that Tom Dilly would have been so proud. Flo's right, though. I heard his interview, and he was really harsh on his player, Don't on those kids. young players. The and it, it seemed really hard when the thing was. He didn't seem. Because he said he was a bad loser and it really hurts him. But he didn't seem acknowledged actually they'd played really well. I think so. I think. His team didn't play that badly. No, I mean, if they had a weak spot, it was because we didn't let them play. 
that that that's a bottom line. You can only play as good as the team lets you play. Um, they, they they tried their socks off. You can, you can, I don't know. It's weird. They still scored three goals. I mean, you know, it's not like we yeah, we, we exactly. hammered them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but maybe he's getting ideas about the station. He's, he maybe starting thinking that sometimes managers believe their own press at times. He's done well at Peterborough. They went to Oldham and he struggled a bit and to come down there. So he's probably you know trying to do that but, thing where they get headlines. But you get the idea of Warburton. He would never say something negative in the press conference about his players in that way. He's Just definitely it, a positive spinner, Warburton. He likes to keep the... But then, obviously, that doesn't always work out when, you know, you've got to admit that... I mean, I think after the... Um, uh, like, some of the pre-season results, Warburton was honest about that. Yes. Um, especially Boren Wood and said, yeah, that was shocking. Bloody price to get in was shocking. <laughs> um, right, we're going to wrap up in a minute. Um, because after... But one thing I will say, the difference between last season and this season, for me, watching both of them tires like many other people is McLaren kind of sunk into his chair at Blackpool. Didn't seem... Kind of from what I heard afterwards, when he spoke to the lads in the dressing room, he was quite harsh and a bit like Lee Johnson and sort of like, you know, really ripped into them. And it, I noticed last night when the, when the tackles were flying in and people were coming off and coming on, he was Wolverton was grabbing the players and saying, don't worry, but get back on, do your thing, it's fine. And he's really... And I like that. I'd always prefer a positive manager. And like, this is QPR. This could all turn to shite tomorrow. Yeah. You know, that's the way things happen with us. And people are going on, on Twitter, oh, God, everyone's going over the top. No, we're enjoying the moment because God knows we've had enough bad ones. Just, it's okay to enjoy the good ones. It's okay to want the bad ones. It's football. Christopher, ours end of the show and prediction as well for Saturday because we're on a tight time schedule. Okay. Um, well, just a bit about the, the, the game itself, like the, the unveiling of the Kyan Prince mm-hmm. uh, Stadium, uh, certainly the stadium name. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's very emotional watching his dad there um, during the minute silence with his arms held aloft to the sky. It was, yeah, it was, a, it, was a, it was a, yeah, very emotional. And a lot of the friends and family were in, in front of us in the lower loft. Um, okay. And basically, once everyone had uh, dried themselves down after the initial downpour, um, Yes, particularly in the second half. It was it was good because, you know, I spoke to a couple of them and a lot of them don't come down regularly and they were really getting into the game and, you know, getting into the songs and, like everyone else, stayed to applaud at the end and a couple of them said to me, Garth, oh, I might fancy coming down here again, actually. Brilliant. And again, sort of reiterating what I said earlier, I mean, if you start playing nice football and what Ryan said as well, then you'll start getting people back and, you know, long may that continue. But, yeah, again, well done the club on the Kind Prince Stadium. I know it's not everyone's cup of tea, but like I say, if you'd seen his dad there uh, at, at three o'clock on Saturday, I think, you know, you might have changed your mind. I'm going to be honest, I have absolutely no problem with it. If people, I've said it last week, I said the week before that, people got a problem with it, that's entirely up to them, that I respect them. But I will not be the only one who I'm sure had a tear in their eye when they heard Mark speak absolutely, on Saturday. Yeah. And, the man's lost his son. You, you know, we can you can replace everything in life, but your family and your kids, no problem with it at all. And if we can stop this horrible academic hit in our city, then well done Queen's Park Rangers for standing up and trying to do something about it. Absolutely. Whatever happens after this, he's he's a good man. Flo? Uh, I want to talk about the news which happened a couple of hours before we came to record and, uh, and applaud the club again um, off the back of what Chris said, because um, I'm sure lots of people would have seen on Twitter, um, news came out, um, initially reported from the press, and then um, QPR released a statement about a game last Thursday that the under-18s were playing in Spain, and the under-18s decided, with their manager Paul Furlong, to leave the pitch after some players 
were subjective to racism from the opposition. And I think it's really important to stand up to this. And I also think it's really important that we don't forget that this, you know, this isn't something that's exclusive to, to Spain. And I know, you know, Rian Brewster from Liverpool also made a complaint to UEFA about abuse he suffered in Spain and not much happened about it. Um, and today there was, you know, the FA were also in the news because the chair of their diversity and inclusion board said they need to take a proactive approach to racism in football and stop being reactive to it. So I'm hoping things like this will will um, bring about some change. And there, obviously there's a lot of great people working in football trying to make this. And football has such immense power. And we all know that what, you know, society and football often reflect each other. So we need to start using that power to make a real positive difference and realise that, you know, some change can happen through it. So, yeah, well done to the club. Well done to Furlong and his team, because that's a really strong statement to make doing that. Yeah, yeah. Hello. I've never understood racism. I never will. No one chooses what they are in life, as my mother would say. And or does say, sorry. And I, I'll never get my head around it. And well done, Rangers. That was a totally right thing to do. James. I agree with Chris. The Kyan Prince Stadium is a brilliant initiative, and hopefully, it'll force more other other teams to go down that route for charitable causes. But I, for me, I think it's watching nice football, and hopefully, it'll bring back laps fans and bring more bums to seats. Because I know in the upper loft where I sit, there were more people there than I've seen in the last three years. And I've, I know a few who are sitting behind me said they were looking to get season tickets off Good. the back of the Huddersfield Good. game. And maybe the club could do an incentive where they could bring back the early bird just for a couple of weeks to bring people back. I haven't got a problem with it. Other season ticket might have a problem with it, but I want to fill the stadium. Kevin? I don't want to focus too much on what Vinnie calls the team in Middlesex, but last night I did hear that Brentford did... Um, one pound on the door for kids and five pound for adults for their League Cup game and it did really boost their attendances for their defeat to Cambridge United <laughs> um, so it could be something that the club look into because obviously adult tickets were 10 quid last night and maybe for Pompey we could up it anyway Good, good point about Middlesex yeah. <laughs> Oh, I was just going to add when the uh, Pompey tickets do go on sale buy one because if we sell more tickets they might open more stands we'll get a better atmosphere Exactly, and then when we win that game and you get the big guys coming down, mm-hmm. you can say you were there, you deserved your ticket, and none of this nonsense about lowly points and things like that. And you get extra lowly points as well. So at the end of the season, it's a win-win. You get to see yeah, you get ten lowly points, which it, is the longest away trip going. Exactly. I, come on, behave yourselves. Get down and support the Rangers. Right, it's my hour's end, and this is very short and very sweet. Um, Cindy. Grohl and Alan Blue, you're complete bastards for putting my age on the screen last night where everyone could see how flipping old I am. Oh, I missed that. <laughs> oh, damn. Uh, and, um, well, at least you weren't the mascot. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be worse. Yeah. I, I wouldn't have done that. Oh. I, I get laughed at enough for being an idiot. I don't need to add to it. But um, thanks to everyone on Twitter for the lovely birthday messages. You do feel different when you're 50. I don't care what anyone says. I am now... Oh, I just... I, 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 I may need counselling. I'm still listening to punk music and scout music and everything else and singing out loud in the van. I guess I should be more sensible. Anyway, we're going to, um, and my other R's end is going back to Kai and Prince to see him look at the sky. And as I said before in the podcast last week, I know he turned around to someone and said, you know, he, he really, boy, I miss my son. Well done, Queen's Park Rangers. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of everything you do with these sort of things. It's, it's so important. You know, you can have your trophies and you can have your big transfer fees but what you can have is pride in your community that's what we've got well done Rangers and we're going to do quick predictions quickly because I know everyone's got to go Christopher 
Well, I'll stick with one all. It actually worked last week. Uh, I could have made some money, but yeah, I'll stick with one all. I think City will be out for revenge and they'll be playing a stronger team, so I think it's been 2-1 Bristol. You're not coming back. Not only have we had to have a quick podcast, you can't come and say those things. Carry on. I think 2-1 Hoogle and Easy again. Yeah, I like you. You can come back. <laughs> there might be available chair next week. <laughs> I, agree. I agree with Chris. I think it's going to be a draw. Do you know what I think? No, you don't, because I don't even know what I think. I haven't thought about it yet. I reckon this would be Seamus Stoke, 2-1. Yeah. And you guys, thank you for listening to our podcast. Thank you for keeping supporting it. Even the sponsors of beers, comes the live ones. You are so, so appreciated. You'll never know. And thank you. And it's so nice to do happy podcasts. We are QPR. We are the QPR podcast. We will be back next week. QPR. QPR.